0: We give you the chance to hear many different people who are facing many different struggles, talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I'll be speaking with Isabelle LeBlanc. It is very common for workers who deliver public services, as well as their unions, to be at the forefront of struggles to defend those services. They fight back against budget cuts, seek to improve service quality, and work to ensure that services remain public. That last one is because the insatiable private sector drive to make a profit means that money that would otherwise be used in the delivery of services gets diverted into the pockets of shareholders, making the services more expensive overall, driving down wages, and or eroding service quality and accessibility the position of doctors within the public healthcare system in Canada is, for the most part, somewhat different than most public sector workers. Along with having significantly higher status than other workers in the sector, the vast majority of physicians in Canada, unlike, for instance, doctors in the National Health Service in the United Kingdom, are not employees of the state. Nor are most of them employees of broader public sector entities like hospitals, either. Most physicians in Canada are, in fact, effectively small business owners who bill provincial health insurance programs for their services. And while there are certain individual doctors and particular physicians' organizations that are active in struggles to defend public services, this is much less broadly true than it is, for instance, for public sector unions. Isabelle Leblanc is a family physician who works at a community clinic in Montreal. She's also active with the group Médecins Québécois pour le Régime public, or MQRP, which translates as Quebec Doctors for Medicare. The group got its start over a decade ago after a major Supreme Court of Canada decision that allowed for a much greater presence of for-profit healthcare in Quebec. Today, the group gathers together more than 600 physicians, medical students, and medical residents in Quebec for the purpose of defending and strengthening public healthcare in the province. MQRP meets regularly in Montreal. Some of their work involves responding to issues related to the healthcare system that are in the news, or to statements and actions by the government. They regularly participate in interviews and debates in the media, and some of their work is more focused on pushing specific issues that they have identified as priorities. Each year, they release major position papers on one or two particular issues, and then work via lobbying, advocacy, and the media to push for relevant changes in the system. They also regularly collaborate with public sector unions and with associations representing other healthcare professionals. Their long-term goal is a healthcare system that is adequately funded, completely accessible, and much more thoroughly public in character than what we have in Canada at present. In 2017, they received attention in English Canada and around the world for publicly taking the stance that physicians should be paid less than they currently are, and instead that money should be invested in the system and in improving the wages and working conditions of the many other workers who are also crucial to delivering healthcare. This was in fact the third time they had taken such a stance, and while it has been met with dismay and even hostility from some of their physician colleagues, they have also found that an increasing number have been coming to agree with them, even if only privately. Though they have not yet won on that issue, they have been part of other reform efforts in recent years that have resulted in concrete changes. They were part of a successful challenge to the Quebec government's tacit acceptance of physicians who charged illegal accessory fees to patients. They were part of winning public funding for ultrasounds done in non-hospital settings, making them more accessible to people who could not afford them. And they were part of pushing the government to allow indigenous people, particularly children, who have to be flown out of remote northern communities to urban hospitals, to be accompanied by someone, though subsequent experiences showing that the actual implementation of this change has so far not been adequate. Their most recent position paper is an examination of the ways in which access to the healthcare system is unequal, and how certain populations face significant barriers. They're also keeping a close eye on Quebec's new CAQ government. The party did not talk about privatization of healthcare at all during this year's election campaign, but their manifesto is full of policies pushing a radical privatization agenda that would, if they decided to implement them, be devastating for healthcare in Quebec. I speak with Leblanc about public health care and about the work of the MQRP.
1: My name is Isabelle Leblanc. I'm a family doctor here in Montreal. I work in a community clinic with a very diverse population of patients, and I also teach medical students and residents about communications with patients and about patient care of family doctors and I'm a member of a group called Médecins Québécois pour le Régime Public, which is Quebec Doctors for Medicare, which is a group of physicians and medical students, residents and friends that are all working to keep our public care system public and to help improve it. I took a road with many different curves before getting to medicine, so I actually trained first as an anthropologist. I was always really interested in the people around me and how culture affects how people interact with other people and what people do. So I actually studied anthropology, did a master's in anthropology, started a PhD in comparative literature where my goal was to look at how people in South Africa actually were using literature and especially children's tales to discuss apartheid and other political stances. I've always been interested in politics. And then while I was in South Africa, I was actually involved in a car accident that injured me and other people pretty badly and then ended up spending 9 months in hospitals and rehab looking at you know physicians and the healthcare system and deciding that that maybe would be something I would like to do so i went back to what's called cegep in quebec which is like college to do some of the prerequisite science classes and ended up enrolling in medicine at university of ottawa to study medicine I think I've always had an interest in policies and politics and advocacy. And and as physicians, you know, we're trained to advocate. Some of us do it more than others, but it's one of the pillars of family medicine. When you practice, especially when you practice in an area where there's a lot of people from different perspectives, different walks of life, you realize that you need to be an advocate for your patients. And there's a moment where you realize that actually to advocate well for your patients, you have to know about the political systems and policies. So I've always had an interest on figuring out what was going on in the healthcare system in Quebec and how we can help change some of the aspects that were less interesting. And, you know, often people with those type of ideas have friends that have those type of ideas and we started chatting and somebody said, oh, have you ever heard of that group called Médecins Québécois pour un régime public? That was, you know, maybe a couple of year old at that time. I started asking questions, reading what they were doing and figured out it would be a good way for me to be involved in advocacy that goes further than advocating for a single patient that you have in front of you
0: as their treating physician. So I know you weren't involved at that point, but tell me what you can about the founding of MQRP. It's a group
1: of people about 10 years ago. It all rolls back to something called Shaoli, a case that went to the Supreme Court of Canada, which was a case where a physician from Quebec and a patient from Quebec were going to court saying that the system is so terrible and people have such a bad access to the healthcare system that they should be allowed to have private insurance covering for surgical interventions that are usually covered by Medicare. So the way Medicare works in Canada is if something is covered by Medicare, you cannot buy a private insurance to get the same service. and. Somebody went to court challenging that, saying that they should be allowed to pay for care. They should be allowed to pay for an insurance cover for care that should be covered by Medicare, but that they're not able to access in a timely fashion. And the Supreme Court actually said, yes, that's true. We should allow people to get you know, a private insurance to cover for some things that are covered by Medicare. It was really a tidal wave, I think, for a lot of people involved in the healthcare system and that are really thought that the public healthcare system is the best thing for the patients and for the society. So a group of physicians got together and started discussing different strategies to help first have a strong voice in the media and in, in the public discourse on the subject to say, well, we as physicians think that public healthcare system is the best thing, and also to look at research and look at scientific data that could back the idea that the public health care system is the best thing. So that group was founded about 11 years ago, and they were called Médecins pour l'accès, Physicians for Accessibility. And then about a year after they had meetings, there were mainly physicians, but also there were some lawyers involved. There were some people that had been involved in unions and, and you know, for nursing and other public servants. And then they wrote something which was called a Déclaration de Montréal, the Montreal Declaration. It was a declaration saying that the public health care system is the best thing for the patients and for the society and physicians should fight to keep it as public as possible. And that was the creation of MQRP.
0: Expand on why you think it's important that the healthcare system be specifically a public system.
1: The moment it's not a public system, the moment there's some private endeavors in the system, people start thinking about making profit. Instead of thinking about providing care, they start thinking about making a profit, which takes away from the whole goal of the healthcare system, which is to actually care for people. So that's one of the issues. And then the other issue is that it's a lot harder to plan. It's very clear in Quebec. It's also quite clear in Ontario and in BC. I don't know as much in the other provincial systems, but it's really clear that when you have a system where the physicians or the clinics are considered like private entities, when they're not integrated in the system as such, it becomes much more difficult to plan for a system that works well, that works seamlessly, and it gets also very difficult to provide care for the people that need it the most, which are the people that often have less education, less access to shelter and food, and the people that don't have the tools necessarily to figure out how to navigate a complex system. The system in Quebec as it is in Ontario and elsewhere is a lot of private clinics that are privately run by physicians and then patients go to one of those clinics and those clinics are not necessarily integrated in the bigger system and we feel that when it's a public system with public clinics or clinics like CLSCs which we had in Quebec, which were like community health center like they have in Ontario, it's much easier to provide care for everyone and to consider each of the patients at the same level to offer them the proper care that they
0: need. What do the regular activities of MQRP look like? We have
1: meetings every month. So anybody who's a member of MQRP is invited to come to these meetings. It's a born meeting. So we have elected people, but there's also a lot of people that attend that are not elected. And there we plan our activities. We plan what we want to react to on. So healthcare has been something really talked about a lot in the media and with politicians in the past you know, 10 years in Quebec. So there's always something to talk about, there's something to react. So we actually decide what we want to put our energy on in terms of the current issues with the healthcare system. Is it the organization of the healthcare? Is it what a specific minister has said or has done? Is it related to physician remuneration, which is something we worked on a lot? Is it related to access to other healthcare professionals because the system is really made around physicians? in Quebec and I think elsewhere in Canada and and we feel that this is not a good thing. We think that the primary healthcare system should be around many professionals and not just around physicians. So we would discuss which subjects we want to work on and then every year we write a report on one specific subject. This year was on accessibility, so how different population have more or less access to the healthcare system. We often will be solicited by media to participate in debates or participate on TV or radio interviews related to what's in the news about healthcare. And then often we'll decide that something is important enough that we'll want to write either a press release or an article on our blog and have it disseminated on the internet for people to read and interact about it. So a lot of it is related to writing positions and advocating for those positions in the media. Usually one, sometimes two position paper per year. And also we try to organize once or twice per year an evening where there's different speakers to come and talk about an issue that has been important in the past year in the healthcare system and we try to have you know a balance view with people with different perspectives to discuss the specific subject of the healthcare system.
0: And who belongs to MQRP? We have about six hundred
1: members at this point. Most of them are physicians or physicians-in-training, so medical student, medical residents are physicians. It's skewed towards family practice, so about two-thirds of our members are family doctors and one-third are specialists or specialists-in-training. We have people from all over the province that are members, but unfortunately, because the meetings are in Montreal and because the board you know, meets in Montreal every month, a lot of the very active members are from Montreal. We have people from both sides, as we say, because in Montreal, we have one university that's English and one that's French and one hospital system that's English and one that is French. And we have people from both sides, if you want. So people are more Anglophone, people are more Francophone. And one of the big motor of our organization is medical students and residents. So we go and give talks in universities to medical students or other healthcare students about the healthcare system, about our organization and the positions we've been taking. And I think that really has helped having more medical students and residents involved on the day-to-day basis with MQRP. It's unfortunately a bit too much urban for what we would like, and we have a plan to try to get people from other regions more involved and give them opportunity to actually participate as much as people from Montreal can participate, but it's one of the struggles we have.
0: So you mentioned that one of the key things the group does is take positions on issues related to the healthcare system and then engage in advocacy around them. What are some of the issues you've taken up in recent years, and what kind of work have you done to move them forward?
1: I think the first time where we became quite vocal and sometimes challenged by the other physician organizations was when we took a stand against accessory fees. So there was more and more physicians that were charging patients for things that they should not be charged. So to get regular medical care, patients had to pay $10, $20, sometimes even more to have access to their physician or to have access to some procedures, which was something that became tolerated but was not legal and was certainly not moral in the public health care system. We made a big campaign against those accessory fees, we united with unions, we united with other groups of healthcare professionals and some clinics and actually made sure that the issue became something that was talked about and was discussed. The orders of so Collège de Médecins and the professional organizations, the FMOQ, FMSQ, it really put them on a hot seat to have to defend why they were doing something like that that was not defendable. We did representation at the parliamentary commissions about that. We did a lot of press conference and press releases, and there was such a momentum in the public opinion that actually the government had to fold and actually enforce the law that it was not permitted to have accessory fees. So that was one of the big campaigns we did. And we feel that with all the others allied, obviously, it's not only us, but the public actually won three years ago when the government decided to really outlaw accessory fees. So that was a big campaign we've done, working with many other groups in the healthcare system and also groups of patients, group of retired civil servants, really a very nice turnout of different organizations to fight against those accessory fees. We also were advocating for a long time for people to have access to ultrasounds paid by Medicare outside of hospitals. The way it was in Quebec, if you needed an ultrasound, which is imaging to help diagnose what's going on in a patient who's sick or sometimes for people that are pregnant to follow up on the pregnancy, those tests were free if they were done in a hospital, but people had to pay to do them if they wanted to do it in clinics. So that's another big dossier that we piloted a couple of years ago. We wrote one of our position paper on that. We discussed with the government. We discussed with the Association of Radiology. We also made sure to fuel a bit of a public outcry on the And every time we went, because sometimes we go to parliamentary commissions, we go at the National Assembly and discuss, you know, healthcare issues with the minister and every time we would bring that up. And again, about two years ago, those ultrasounds became covered by Medicare. And we feel that that's one of the issues that we helped maybe solve because we brought it in the public eye and in the media to discuss possible solutions to make sure everybody who needed an ultrasound had access, not only people that could pay. One of the most recent campaign also for First Nation people and other people in the remote community, majority indigenous people, that you know, if a child needs to be seen in the hospital, they put them on a flight and send them to Montreal or to another hospital and not allowing people to be accompanied, especially children to be accompanied. So you have those frightened, sick children who often will not speak English or French and don't have anyone to translate for them. And they also have no one, in terms of a guardian, to provide consent for care. So these children are really not getting the same care as the other children and just in terms of you know basic human decency, they're sick and they're alone and there's nobody to hold their hand. That was the name of our campaign, I Hold My Hand. And We helped advocating to have children have someone accompany them on the flight down south to the hospital. And what was really interesting in that whole debate is that the debate wasn't that much about the money, because it doesn't change all that much. It's a flight that is sent to the remote community to bring the child down south. So if there's one person or two people in there, they don't have to buy the plane ticket. You know, they can be there. It was all a question of, oh, maybe the parent will be in the way. The Minister of Health, it's something that was really blatantly racist. Saying, Well, those people, maybe they'll be intoxicated and then they won't be able to go on the plane. Instead of saying, well, people should be accompanying and if for some reason someone at some point is not, you know, in the right state to accompany a child we'll won't let them in the plane, it was like, well, we're not going to let anybody in the plane with a child because maybe they won't be appropriate. So it was really the policy that is racist and that really was discriminatory. And that is... Technically one in the sense that they changed and now people are allowed, children are allowed to have someone accompany them, but we've heard that there's still cases of children sent on their own without very good explanation. So officially this is a policy that's finished, but unofficially we don't know. And then is our position on physician remuneration, so how physicians are paid. We've took position three times. I think the first time was December two thousand fifteen and then mid twenty sixteen and again in two thousand seventeen on the fact that physicians are overpaid, we feel that during a negotiation for the physician's salary, not salary, but physician remuneration, physicians are always asking for more and more and more money and the government is granting them more and more and more money where the system actually is underfunded. The other healthcare professionals don't have very good working conditions. Some of them have pitiful salaries. Others have you know, good remuneration but terrible work circumstances. And we felt almost ashamed of the way we were getting paid increases when everything else was crumbling apart around us and we took position all the three times we did that by a letter and of course that's something that gathered some attention in the media. The first two times it was mainly in Quebec that it was discussed and then last year that's probably how you heard about the organization and became something that was talked about you know, in English Canada and in the States and in Europe and in Africa and it really became a big news that some physicians would say that they feel that they're overpaid It was really, really interesting because the first time we came out with that, we got, you know, people writing us letters saying how unhappy they were with our position. I mean, most of the people were not members. Most of the members were actually quite happy, but we had colleagues people we knew or writing us letters saying, I can't believe you're part of a group that would say something like that and always with the same arguments that, you know, physicians work really hard so they should be paid really well, which is, you know, if everybody that works really hard is paid really well, that would be great, but that's not the way it really works. And physicians are not necessarily working harder than other workers in the system. So at the beginning, the first time it was quite difficult, and we had both association and negotiate the physician fees. So the FMOQ, FMSQ, writing us a letter and calling us, and sometimes being quite pushy, if not you know harassing, about what we were saying. But we also, even that first time, gained 50 new members, 50 people that said, "Hey, we really like what you said. We would like to be members. We would like to get involved." And then the other two times where we took position, we had more and more people telling us it's good that someone says that. And then the last time we had almost a thousand people signing our petition, like physicians and physician in training signing our petition. And a lot more people telling us in confidence that they agreed with us, but they didn't really want to go public with it.
0: Lots of jurisdictions in Canada have been seeing various forms of creeping privatization in the healthcare system in recent years. What form has that been taking in Quebec? There's more and more
1: physicians that decide to opt out of Medicare and just go totally private. We actually now have chains of private clinics where people pay for their care. They are not paid in any ways by Medicare. Of course, people that go to these private clinics are usually healthier, wealthier, more educated people that are in general less sick. So the burden of taking care of the sicker population clearly is still on the public healthcare system. The other thing is that we used to have a very well-developed group of clinics that were publicly funded, publicly administrated. And there have been closing one after the other. There's less and less physicians. It's extremely underfunded. And the other healthcare professionals that were there, like social workers, psychologists, physiotherapists, are actually removed from those CLSCs and put in family medicine groups, which are clinics owned by physicians in general. And now we put the professional from the public system in the private clinic. These clinics are under Medicare, so people have access to those services paid by the public healthcare system. But a lot of these clinics are actually owned by shareholders or owned by consortium, and it's not clear how they will manage the clinics to make sure to have the maximum profit, which is what people do when it's a company that's, you know, with shareholders. And then the other way is there's more and more private services to cover for what the public service doesn't do so well. So more and more people are going to hire private nursing care, let's say, if they're getting older. Um, They used to have some home care, home care nurses through the CLSC or through the hospitals, but there's less and less of them. They have less and less time for each patient. So a lot of people now are going to hire professionals privately. And even in the hospitals, the working conditions for nurses are so terrible that a lot of the hospitals don't have enough nurses and they have to hire from a private agency to have nurses come and work in the hospital. So there's many, many, many different ways that privatization is happening.
0: And what does the election of the new CAQ government in Quebec earlier this year mean for the issues that MQRP cares about? The answer is, I don't know. I mean the last four years we had
1: a Minister of Health who was himself a radiologist and he was the former head of the Union of Specialist Physicians that negotiated those crazy increase in physician pay and he was also someone who really was a bully. And for the past four years, I think we, in retrospect, maybe made a mistake because we really looked at him as the enemy and, you know, the minister was doing all the bad things that happened to the system and all these reforms and all of that. But actually, he was the figure that was doing that. But the decision had been made already by the government and already in place. And even if we remove that guy, the policies and the politics might not change all that much. And then we have to know that the head of the CAQ, the head of the government now in Quebec, is a former minister of health for the Parti Québécois. And then when he was in these roles, he didn't do a terrible job, he didn't do a very good job either. And when you look at the electoral platform of the CAQ, it is scary because there's different clear ideas about privatizing a healthcare system. They want to have more private nursing homes. They want to have more private agencies to provide workers like nurses and orderlies to the nursing homes and the hospitals. They want to have what's called activity-based funding, which is a different way of funding hospitals that is often a step towards privatization, so the party program is extremely scary. But they didn't talk about any of these things during the campaign, and they haven't been talking about that now since they've been elected. So it's hard to know if this guy, who was kind of -of middle-of-the-road minister and who didn't talk at all about privatization during the campaign, I I wonder if he's going to try to apply what's in his program. And if he is, then it's going to be really, really scary. And if he's not, we still have to watch them because they're still a lot of the reforms that were started under the previous government that will probably continue and that in due time will lead to more privatization. So in any case, we have to be watchful. But if they actually apply their program, then we will see a radical turn towards privatization. So we're really on the lookout and we try to make plans on what might happen to have ways of responding in case things happen really quickly.
0: You have been listening to my interview with Isabelle Leblanc, of Médecins Québécois pour le Régime public, which translates to Quebec Doctors for Medicare. To learn more about their work, go to mqrp.qc.ca. That's mqrp.qc.ca. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show.